I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. It's not the end of the world. Like there is hope. Like someone like me who went through that, look at where I am now. And I'm using, I'm using my struggles and utilizing them and making them into my strengths. Like, I think a lot of the younger generation don't understand that at all. Even adults don't understand. There's plenty of adults that understand that their struggles should be their strengths. Like that's what you should be talking about. In the back of your mind, your dreams should be real, right? Thanks all for tuning in to Dreamcatchers, where we make things happen. Dreamcatchers was formally launched to unlock the hidden potential in successful, self-motivated individuals who desire to take their life's work to the next level but need support to evolve. We are a collective group of professionals with various backgrounds that use our talents to assist those individuals in realizing their wildest dreams by providing education, inspiration, and direction. This podcast is where we share the lessons we've learned along the way to catching our dreams and give you some context around the how and the why to each approach to put you further ahead on the journey to catching your dream. Are you ready? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dreamcatchers podcast. I'm your host, Jerome, and I've got the pleasure of having Raquel Boris with me today. How are things in Northern Virginia? You know what? Today is a gloomy day, but that's okay. You can't, you know, have beautiful days every day. Oh, the weather isn't the only thing that decides what's going on in your world. And that background behind you is so bright and amazing. So it can't possibly be gloomy. Come on. I know. And this is actually my painting. I did this. That's gorgeous. It's huge. It goes pretty far up. Yeah, I have a lot of my own artwork. You can't see, but I'm looking at my living room and there's artwork everywhere. I come from an artistic background. Wow. Before we dive into the interview, I'd love for you to tell the listeners how they can get in contact with you if they love what you have to say. Well, hopefully they do. <laughs> if not, that's okay. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, but LinkedIn is my jam. And I'm trying to get better with Instagram, but those are the three platforms. And then, you know, email, if you will. <laughs> What's the email address? Uh, R-O-C-K-U-H-T at gmail.com. It's funny because my brother is an actor and he used to always be like, rocket. And so we literally, that's why it's like rock at because people were like, what is that? <laughs> and he gave it to me back in college when AOL was like, you know, email was the dial up. And I've had it ever since just with different domains, you know, different like a Verizon, a Yahoo. Now it's Gmail. Wow. I love it. Like the little stories make all the difference. So let's dive in. I mean, what are you working on right now? What are you most excited about? I'm in a very special place in my life where I started my own business in January. So I was in the corporate world doing the typical nine to five. And I said, you know, what? I'm going to take this huge leap of faith and take a risk. The universe was speaking to me. Everything was lining in a way where I'm like, okay, I got to start my own business and doing personal branding. So I started that in mid January. And then obviously with the pandemic, everything took a shift. And so my business kind of took a shift as well. So I started focusing on not necessarily how am I going to survive with my business, but you know what? I need to be someone that just is out there being positive and just trying to, you know, hey, there's hope. Like, I don't want to be doom and gloom at all because I think a lot of people were so scared and fearful. There was a lot of doom and gloom, but I don't want to be that person because I don't like to see that on social media. I'm that person that loves to see those feel good stories where people are being, you know, kind or they're dancing or they're doing something really nice. Like, that to me, I absolutely love, or I love when people just make me laugh. So I thought, okay, let me just kind of put that out there as well. So I just started doing that and just, I don't know, doing goofy videos every now and then. I would do a video. 
like bloopers or me just dancing, but people were appreciating that. So I focused on that and then I focused on, okay, well I do personal branding. How can I educate people and just give them value for free? Like I'm not going to ask people to essentially hire me. I'm just going to be very generous with my information. And I just started kind of opening up more. And now I have these incredible opportunities that are presenting themselves because of that. And they have nothing to do what I thought my business was going to be about. So I just got asked to co-host a podcast that's going to be starting. I've been asked to be on a social media coach, like coaching app. So I'm going to be on an actual app, which is really cool. So I'm going to get to do some business over there. Then I've been asked to kind of be a spokesperson for different companies where I'll be the one doing the interviews because they don't want to be in front of the camera. I mean, it's weird. I never would have thought any of this would have happened at all, like back in January. So that's like the beauty of life and the beauty of when shit happens, (laughs) like you just never know. That's why you got to take it in stride. I love it. So what were you doing in corporate America before you decided to take this leap? Oddly enough, I was in the mortgage industry for about six years. I know, but I actually think that my brand blossomed because I'm not your typical mortgage professional. So I'm here in that space. I'm not what you would think someone would be like. So I stood out and I think that helped me. But yeah, I was doing a lot of multicultural business development, being that I am Hispanic as well. My mom is Mexican. Spanish was my first language. So for me, my heritage is very important and I want to do anything I possibly can to help. Most people don't realize that Hispanic homeownership is the only demographic that's really been on the rise when it comes to buying homes. But unfortunately, let's be real, a lot of industries don't cater to that demographic. They don't do marketing in Spanish. They don't understand how to market to that demographic. So I was kind of that person in the industry, kind of be like, hey, you know what? This is how you do it in a genuine, sincere way, not just because you want money. Let's actually help. And then from there, I just kind of naturally was on social media and put myself out there even more. And that's just kind of how the personal branding evolved from there. But yeah, mortgage industry, (laughs) super glamorous. (laughs) So how did you find that niche though? Did it just happen based on your network or can you remember a story or something that happened? It's like, Hey, there's something here. As far as like the Hispanics part, like what I was doing in the mortgage industry. Yeah. You know what? It was more of my bosses. I worked with a builder that went crossed over into the mortgage side, but I was doing more builder business. And then because they knew I spoke Spanish, they knew I loved my community, my heritage. They knew that I wanted to help. They're the ones that decided, you know what? We need to do something with this. I'm lucky that I had bosses that kind of saw my strengths and realized like, okay, this would be a good place for her to be. So I really have to thank them because I don't know if I naturally would have said, hey, everyone, let me be this person. My first stint in the corporate world, if you will, I was still kind of feeling my way around of what it was like to be at a nine to five job and have bosses. So I didn't want to like overstep anybody's toes. So I kind of let them navigate it. And then now I'm like my own boss. I love your energy. Did you start doing the personal branding to help you be a better mortgage broker? Or how did you make this pivot and move into this other space that you're in? Yeah, that was an interesting one too. So when I was doing all of the multicultural business development, I was getting invited to a lot of events and I'm just a people person and I love promoting other people. Like I'm one of those people where I believe in like, let's encourage support one another. Like there's room for everyone. There's no need to have it all be about yourself. So when I started going to events, I would take pictures with people, post it on my LinkedIn, for instance, 
LinkedIn's and I'd be like, oh, I'm at this event. This is what they're doing in the space. Or, hey, I met this person and they're doing incredible things. And so I naturally was this promoter. You know, they think, okay, well, here she's giving us free PR. So I started getting invited to more and more events. It was kind of funny because I'm like, why am I getting invited to this and that? People are like, it's because you're actually promoting them. Like they know that they can count on you to promote their brand and their company. And so the more and more I did that, the more I actually got smarter about it too. And I thought, okay, yeah, this is something. And that was before personal branding was really like the thing that still wasn't a thing yet. And so what was funny is that I was with a company. I moved with my bosses to another mortgage company and they're the ones that said, you know what, Raquel? We want you to focus on our brand. You already have the visibility. You have a platform. We're brand new because they created a brand new division, everything. And so they knew that they were starting from scratch. So they said, you know what? We want you to be our brand manager. And I thought, wow, that's really cool. Like, okay, I'll try not knowing if it was going to work or not. And it actually worked. And not only did it work, but it allowed me to kind of promote my personal brand, if you will. Because I think I realized that this is what most people now realize is that people want to see a face with the company. So when I was promoting the mortgage company, I was promoting myself along with it. Like I was the one in front of the camera. I was the one interviewing my coworkers. I'd be in the kitchen like, Hey, look at our brand new space. I was meshing the two, my personality along with, Hey, this is the company I work for. And that's when people started realizing, especially in the mortgage industry, like, Oh wow. Like you can have someone actually be a Raquel who's goofy, who kind of just like puts it out there, but yet she's promoting this company because of her. So that's when people really took notice. It was never intentional. That's what's so fantastic about all of this. It was so organic and it just evolved naturally. When I have a client or when I speak on a panel, I'm not like, okay, this is what you do. One, two, three. It's like, Hey, this is how I managed to do it. This is how, like, this is my story, my experience to let people know that you don't necessarily have to be, you know, going to school for social media or marketing, or you don't have to have that background in order to be good at it. So yeah, that's how it all came about. (laughs) So really just pure experimentation. Purely and intuition. I think I was on LinkedIn like seven years ago. So that was before all of this craziness now where it's totally shifted and changed. It was more resume building and so forth. I just started kind of just studying what was happening on that platform and who was big on that platform and why people like certain things. And I'm just in tune with people anyways. Like I am a people person. Like I said before the call, I joke around how maybe I could have made a really good therapist psychologist because I really do love human psychology and behavior. And so that definitely helps a lot. Like you have to be someone that understands a human being. I think that's where a lot of people have that disconnect. They think, oh, social media, branding, they forget that there still has to be so much human connection there and so much emotion and feeling that needs to be conveyed when you put yourself out on social media. And that's where I think a lot of people miss the boat. They they want to be mechanical. Yeah, or it has to be perfect or the, your production value has to be top notch or your makeup has to be perfect if you're a female or, you know, a man, you have to like look all businessy or look like you're this most successful person. It's like, no, you don't. <laughs> if anything, we want the opposite. People want like the real stuff. They want the behind the scenes. They want to know that around me right now is a hot mess. Like, you know, I, I mean, I have OCD and I'm super clean freak, so it actually looks perfect around me. But <laughs> there's plenty of people that probably are hoarders. And they have this background and you would never know, right? They could put this persona 
of like, look at how, you know, perfect everything is. And then you just turn the camera around and you see this craziness, right? Like people want to see the craziness. They're like, screw the perfection. Like we want to see what you're hoarding. <laughs> they want the connection, right? Yeah. They want, they want to feel like they can relate to you because most people can't relate to perfection. Let's be honest. <laughs> no, without question. The one thing I want to ask you before we kind of shift is, was this the first time that you got asked? You know, you said the universe was speaking to you. It asked you to come out and be a personal branding person. Yeah. Was this the first time that this happened or had you experienced it before and you just refused to do what was being asked? I am very much into energy, the universe, timing. I'm all into that. And let me just say, there's been many signs back in the day that I've ignored because part of my OCD and part of my perfectionism was that I thought I had everything up here, right? Like all my decisions had to be made from the brain. And then I now realize I make all my decisions now with my heart and my gut. And that has steered me the right way. So before I know I ignored so many situations, but the journey is my journey. So for whatever reason, I ignore them. I needed to ignore them. But now I'm in a place where I don't ignore those signs. And I will say like, before I said the universe kind of aligned itself, I put it out to the universe. Like I'm that person that like, I will literally tell the universe, like I am putting this out there. I am letting you be my guide at this moment. Like, please show me the signs or please show me the way if you will. And, and so now I like listen where before I, I didn't listen. So yeah, I think it was the first time it was like, let's just say if I hadn't listened, I would have been really stupid, <laughs> you know, like it would have been really dumb for me not to. With pandemic and all, even with the pandemic and everything, I'm so glad I did do it. Like I don't have any regrets whatsoever. Got it. So who showed up along the way to help you out? A lot of people. So it's interesting because when I was still with the mortgage company, I had a lot of people reaching out to me like, hey, do you consult? Do you do this? So I already had people like, come on, do this. Like we'll support you. You know, and I had a mentor and oddly enough, my family was really supportive and I was nervous because you know, my parents, I thought they would be like, what are you doing? You're crazy. Like you have a good job. You have a good salary. I thought my ex-husband who I'm really close with and I go to him for a lot of advice. I thought he was also going to be like, Raquel, this is like super risky or even my kids who are teenagers. So they're old enough to have an opinion. No, if anything, they were all like, good for you, Raquel. Like, Hey, you won't know until you try. And if you fail, you fail and you'll learn from that. And we have faith in you and you're really good at this. Like, this is your thing. Even my 19 year old, like who's very much by the book, kind of doom and gloom a little bit at times. He was like, mom, you're going to do this. Like you're going to do really well. Like you're going to be successful and I'm proud of you and I'll support you. So that's when I really realized like, oh man, like maybe this is the right thing to do. You know, I know some people are like, oh, who cares what people think? Or like, who cares what your family thinks? I actually do care. I'm that person that really cares about what my children think of me. I can't help it. <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Right? I mean, that's rare. Everyone was supporting me. Not one single person said, I don't think this is the right move. Not one single person. Wow. It's very, that's why I was like, okay, this is, yeah. <laughs> so- when did you realize that you had to keep going? Because I think everybody gets out there and they start and they're like, oh man, maybe I should go back. I call this the red pill moment. Oh, so you took the red pill? <laughs> I was, you know what? I have a lot of pride and there were plenty of times where once the pandemic hit, where everyone's like, maybe you should just go back to your company, see if they'll take you back. Or even I had coworkers, my old coworkers call me, hey, why don't you come back? 
or even my son was like, mom, or my, you know, my ex-husband was like, maybe you should just, you know, anyone would hire you now. Like you're that person that like people would want to hire you. Why don't you just do it? And I was like, you know what? I get it. There's a pandemic, but at the same time, like when someone starts their own business, it takes, a t- it takes time. And I started mine in January. So I just felt like it was way too soon to give up, if you will. So for me, I was just like, I'm not taking that red pill. Like maybe the end of this year, if something goes on, maybe I could be like, I gave it almost a year, but I just, yeah, my pride's like, nope, ain't doing it. (laughs) No red pill for me. Yeah. It it hasn't. Yeah. Stubborn. (laughs) Are you still in limbo or are you convinced that this is what you're going to do? I'm totally convinced. So I have an end goal and it has nothing to do with personal branding, but I know that this is like a step for me to get there. Right. Because with branding, I'm, you have to put yourself out there. So I'm putting myself out there knowing that it's going to allow me to get to kind of what my, I mean, when I say end goal, it's not my end goal, meaning like what I want to happen in the next several years, not like end goal, like, you know, when I die, like this is what I want to be doing. But, um, I do have an angle and I know from there, although probably be another goal, but I want to, I want to speak in front of teenagers about suicide and depression. And I really want to make a, an impact with the younger generation. I've always loved children. I've got two teenagers, so I feel extremely um, passionate about it. So that's where I'm coming from, that the only way to get there is to continue to do what I'm doing. Cause you know, I'm on a podcast with you and I'm talking about it. So who knows that someone's listening in and can be like, hey, I want to reach out to her because I want to learn more about what, do she, what does she mean by depression and suicide and talking to teenagers. And uh, so, yeah, that's why I'm going to continue to do what I'm doing. I just, I feel in my heart it's the right thing. What's up, tribe? It's your host, Jerome. I just want to let you know that we put together a free 15-point checklist for exiting the matrix. Jump on over to dreamshouldbereal.com in order to pick your free copy up. Let's get back to the show. Why are you so passionate about that? Because I myself, when I was a teenager, suffered from depression. And actually, when I was at UCLA, uh, I attempted suicide. So I actually did try to end my life. That's how depressed I was and how I felt like there was no other way out, if you will. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm in a great place now. And I've learned to do, you know, have skills and have a different mindset when it comes to it so that I don't ever go back to that dark place. Uh, but I feel that I, I guess when it, when I went through and I was talking about this with someone the other day that it was, it was a very personal thing. Unfortunately now with social media, everything's out there, right? So it makes it even more difficult, I think, to experience these type of things or to just even in general, like make a mistake, right? Because everybody knows when you make that mistake, Like back in the day, like we've done so many different things, but we didn't have social media to, you know, magnify what we did. And I think, unfortunately, we have a lot of our kids, they do something wrong and everybody knows. And then suddenly they think that their life is over. They think, well, you know what? This is the worst thing that could have ever happened to me. I don't want to move forward. And unfortunately, my kids have have already experienced their classmates and friends take their lives. And I think it's such a huge epidemic. And because I'm on social media, because I do branding, I feel that I could be someone that can relate to them, but also do it in a way where, hey, I'm not perfect. 
I make mistakes. It's not the end of the world. Like there is hope. Like someone like me who went through that, look at where I am now. And I'm using, I'm using my struggles and utilizing them and making them into my strengths. Like, I think a lot of the younger generation don't understand that at all. Even adults don't understand. There's plenty of adults that understand that their struggles should be their strengths. Like that's what you should be talking about. Right. Cause I think so many people talk about the successes and they don't talk about what it took to get there. It's funny. I just saw a quote this morning and I don't know if it's my colleague's quote, but she, or she quoted someone else, but she said, you know, success is like pregnancy. Everyone congratulates you, but they have no idea how many times you've been effed. <laughs> don't you love that? Like, <laughs> she actually, but I just saw that on Instagram this morning. I thought that is brilliant. Cause it's so true. Everyone's like, yeah, you're pregnant. Congrats. Congrats. And it's like, Oh my God, do you know how many times it took me to get to this place? You know? And it's the same thing with success. Everyone's like, Oh yay, Great. Good on you. Congrats. But it's like, how many times have you been effed and failed and all of that? It's so true. <laughs> yeah. So I think, um, I think we're missing that part. Everyone's so focused on the end on, on just the, uh, the pretty part. Yeah. And I, we got to show the, the yucky, the messy. It's important so that people realize that like we're all, we all experience that. And, um, and unfortunately, I think uh, we're in this crazy culture right now where, you know, the younger generation with filters, with all of that. I mean, I don't know. Did you see the social dilemma yet on Netflix? Yeah. Yeah. So, and yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm a 19 and 16 year old. Like I want to be that person that is a good role model and is someone that is trying to help. I don't want to be the person that's buying into and then expecting my daughter not to be that way. Right. I can't tell her like, be confident. you be, you know, you'd be comfortable in your skin and don't, you don't need to have perfectionalists. But if I'm doing the complete opposite, if I'm not walking the walk, then the heck. Right. So <laughs> Do as I say, not as I do, right? Yeah, right. But no, I'm 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 lucky because I feel I know I'm doing a good job with her because she isn't focused on those type of things. And so I, and I love that my ex even will say like, you know what, Raquel, like you're a good role model for our daughter. And he's even said to my daughter, like, look at your mom, like she's so open and putting herself out there and being vulnerable, like you got to do that too, sweetie. Like you got to understand that like it's okay to be vulnerable. You don't have to be this you know, cause she's very much don't touch me. I'm not, I don't like affection or I don't want to open up. And I was like that and that's not healthy, you know? And so I'm, I'm working on it with her cause she, she's too much like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is scary being that I, you know, knowing that what I've experienced and what path I went down, I don't want her to go down that path. So that's why for me, it's really important to be a good example. Man, we're going to go way off track, but I got to go here. (laughs) As parents, we often don't want to tell the kids about the stuff that we've done because we feel like it ruins our credibility. Right. But I think it gives us all the credibility in the world when we share our shortcomings because we can speak from a place of experience. Where are you on that? I totally agree. Obviously, I waited till my kids were of appropriate age for me to tell them that I attempted suicide. You know, that's the last thing I want. You know, you don't tell. You have to gauge on how, you know, your children. And my children are very mature for their age, too. So I was really open. And I'm so grateful that I was because if anything, my daughter comes to me and says, hey, mom, you know, 
like she came to me one day a couple years ago and she's like, I've been sleeping a lot. I feel kind of sad. Like, I don't know if I'm depressed or what's going on. And so I asked her to like, talk to me and open up. And she did. And I said, you know, what, sweetie, you're not depressed. This is just the typical teenage kind of things that woes that we deal with where, you know, we tend to get a little bit sad. Our hormones are kind of acting up and sleeping a lot. Like I slept a lot too, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're depressed. Sometimes it's boredom because there's a difference too. I think a lot of kids equate boredom with depression or, and so, and I remember I even said, I, I asked her, I'm like, well, do you feel like you need to go see someone, a counselor? And she looked at me and she's like, well, why would I want to do that? And I was like, well, I mean, I'm your mom. Like sometimes kids don't want to talk to their parents. She's like, no, she's like, I want to come to you. I trust you. Like you've experienced it. So that's why I would want to talk to you, not anybody else. And so in that moment, I thought, okay, that's super cool that she rather come to me and open up. And, and so that was that moment with her. And then I had a moment with my son last year where he uh, didn't get a bid for a fraternity. He was, he was a freshman and he was bummed. He was really bummed about it. I mean, that's, it's crushing your ego. Your ego is crushed when you think you're going to get a bid and then you don't. You think, oh my gosh, like they didn't like me enough. And it's a lot for a teenager. Well, he took it and he thought, okay, I could go down that dark place that my mom went down. For him, he, he looks at it as an easy way out, which is fine. I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to sit there and be like, that's not what it is or whatever. He took it as I'm going to be mentally strong and not allow myself to get to that place like my mom did. Like, I don't want to go through what my mom did. He didn't want to say that to me. He told my ex and he told my ex, like, I kind of feel badly. I don't want mom to know that. And he's like, no, are you kidding me? Like, tell her that. So he told me, he's like, mom, I'm sorry that like, I don't want you to feel badly that I didn't want to essentially do what you did. And I thought that it was a cop out. I'm like, no, I was like, I am so proud of you. I was like, I am so proud because you took what I did and you learned from it. And you realize that's not how you want to deal with situations. And you like mentaled up and you like changed your mindset. And he totally did. And now he's in that frat and everything's great. But I, I was just really proud that um, because of my experience, he knew he didn't want to have that. <laughs> and so then he, he turned it around. And, and so those are like two moments where I think I'm so glad that I'm open with my kids because as parents, don't you want to be the one that your kid comes to? Like at the end of the day, you want them to come to you when they're at the lowest of the lowest or when they're in their time in need, you don't want them going to someone else. You're that's your child. Like, uh, Yeah, so that's why I continue to be open with them. Yeah, this is amazing. So (laughs) I think you should absolutely pivot and just go do this right now and skip this intermediate step that you, I mean, you still use it, but you use it for this. Yeah. And that's why I'm excited about this app. Cause I'm hoping to have the app kind of be like my revenue generator roll up it. Cause it's, it's, it prompts content so that I can have that because obviously I need to make money. I, I mean, I need to pay my mortgage. Like I'm going to, I'm, let's be real here. I don't, I'm not trying to buy a brand new car home. I'm just trying to pay my bills. So if I can have that, then I can focus on this. Then I have the liberty to be like, Hey, because a lot of this is going to be free when you speak at schools or you speak in organizations, a lot of it's no pay. So I want to have, I want to be able to do that. And I have to worry about, you know, my, how I'm going to pay my bills. Uh, But this is allowing me the opportunity, like being on podcasts and talking about it. And I've already had a LinkedIn connection of mine who's out in Texas and she had me do a video 
and I did a 10 minute video and they're hoping to use it for their classrooms and they're hoping to kind of have it as part of their program, if you will, on on depression and suicide because they're dealing with a lot of students that are in a just in, in a tough place. And uh, so that was a really cool thing that I was uh, able to do. And then, yeah, who, who's to say where it'll I'm definitely talking about it for a reason so that I could go do this. Yeah, I, I want to help. I, I want to make an impact. I don't want to just be like a personal brander. <laughs> Sorry, no offense to anybody, but that are personal brand strategists. But no, that's not my my dream. So talk to me about your ideal client. Like, how do you pick who the, you work with and what makes you want to work with somebody? And maybe if there's been a transformation that you've been able to achieve, talk to me about what it looked like before and what it looks like after. Uh, well, that's the beauty of putting yourself out there and showing who you are, because what happens is I'm attracting like-minded people and I'm attracting the people that I want to work with. I've been very blessed to where when someone reaches out to me, they already they already feel a connection with me, like they know me. So they're usually kind of are aligned with what I stand for and who I'm about. So I've had small business owners, which I absolutely love small business owners because they're super passionate about their business. It's like their baby. So it's like, they're the ones that are really willing to kind of do what it takes and put themselves out there, think outside of the box. Obviously being that I was in the mortgage industry, I do have, um, a lot of real estate agents and loan officers reach out to me because I am known in that space. And so, uh, I do have several clients that are, that are loan officers and real estate agents. And that's, and that's great too, because they're, they're kind of, they're easier to work with, if you will. I, if, just because I think that they have kind of been brought up in the industry to do things a certain way. So when you come in and just do a little bit of a shift, it's like, ah, right? The small business owners are a little bit more like that creativeness. Um, yeah. Like I said, think outside of the box. So that's why I love a good small business owner. They're ideal. And, and even, um, I have a couple clients that have nonprofits too, and I love that as well. I just, I want to work with people that are trying to make an impact too, and trying to do good and, um, understanding that whatever they put out there, it, it should be for the greater good. It, we don't, you know, I think that with social media, there is kind of a, a blur, right? Where there's that, like self-promoting self kind of, you know, I don't like very salesy. And then there's the other part of it where it's people wanting to use it to, to inspire, encourage, to educate. And I want, I want to work with people in that, in that lane. So what are the most common challenges or instances that you come across when you look at somebody's personal brand and what can they do to make it better or what have you done to help them make it better? The most difficult thing is their their insecurity to, to be out there. I mean, that's, I think the number one reason I see why most people don't do it because they're like, ah, like how do, how personal do I have to be? Do I have to do video? You know, cause they're saying that 82% of uh, the internet traffic is going to be a video by the end of this year. So that's where everything's going. And people just, it's really intimidating and just really scary to them, but you don't have to necessarily be in front of the camera in order to be visible. So that's kind of, I, I find the number one reason why people just don't do they they're scared to be judged 
because there's mean people out there. You know, there's trolls that go on there and they just, I mean, I've had people be mean to me. I, I mean, I just, I've learned to ignore it, but um, that's, that I find is that it's that fear of, of just putting yourself out there. It is scary. Huh. It's not easy. <laughs> so yeah, that's the biggest block I find. And then just being, oh, how do I stand out? Or what do I say? Or what, what do I talk about? Like, that's another thing too. I think people forget that there's so many things you can talk about. There are so many stories you have to share, so many experiences. And that's how people connect with you is through your storytelling, through your experience, through the emotional part of it. And uh, that's where a lot of people forget that that's, that's really important. Not so much. This is what I do. This is my business. This is, you know, this is me professional. (laughs) (laughs) You got to do the little walk. You got to do the, you know, It's so mechanical. I, I get it. Right? Yeah. Very like, like a robot, I guess. It's a robot. <laughs> We're okay, we're getting down to the final four. And so the first one is, what's the biggest difference to your approach to life now versus back when you were in the matrix and had that good old job and salary? It's, uh, it's following my heart and my gut. It's trusting, trusting myself. I didn't trust myself before. Now I trust myself. I'm the one that has to go to bed with me at the end of the night. You know what I mean? Like I want to be able to lay down and, and, and be happy and content with who I am as a person. And so, yeah. Being true to self is everything. Yeah. That's why it's true to you. Branding. You have to be true to you. So yeah, that's, that's, that's the first one. (laughs) Second question. What are you most grateful for? Life in general, being that I was willing to take my life and willing to end it at such a young age, just living. I'm just grateful for that. There's a reason why someone rejected me. <laughs> That's probably the only time that I was grateful that I was rejected. <laughs> I just thought, I just realized that. That's my, yeah, like the only time that I am happy that someone rejected me. <laughs> You're a mess. <laughs> I am. <laughs> so fun, though. Okay. What dream are you most focused on catching this? next? Speaking to teenagers and, and hopefully being able to give them hope and confidence and worthiness and all of that. That's that's my dream. You look like you're getting a little teary-eyed on it, so it, it is a real thing. Yeah, it is a real thing. So, Raquel, I want to throw some love on you for just being so transparent and vulnerable and talking about some stuff that's really uncomfortable. I don't think most people have the courage to admit things like that, and you are so bubbly, and I, it shows that you're grateful to have life because of the way that you show up and whether things are a mess or not, you're still going to giggle. You're still going to smile. You're still going to make fun of yourself. And I think in that you bring joy to so many people around you. So I just want to appreciate you for being a light. Thank you. I appreciate that because it isn't easy. A lot of people say that I make it look easy, if you will, but it's not. Believe me, I have my moments where I'm like, I get anxiety and, you know, maybe a panic attack here or there. 
every now and then. So yeah, I'm not going to sit here and pretend either that it's so easy for me to be like, yeah. <laughs> and, and a lot of this is like a nervous, my laugh, it can be, it's a, like a nervous laugh too. Like it's my defense mechanism as well. Like people don't realize that my goofiness and all of that is, is my way of, of dealing with things. Wow. Yeah. And so the final question is, yeah. what's the one thing you want our listeners to take away from this talk? I want, gosh, that's such a, like, a good question. So I do try to inspire someone to maybe talk about something that they weren't willing to talk about before. If I am encouraging someone to put themselves out there as well, I mean, that's, that's what I'm hoping for is that someone walks away and goes, you know what, I'm going to do this because Raquel gave me that for kick to do it. (laughs) I'm trying to light a fire under people's tushes (laughs) in a good way. Beautiful. This was awesome, Raquel. I I really appreciate you being so generous with your time. No, I appreciate you. Thank you. I look forward to continuing to develop our relationship. I've yes, few people who I'm going to connect you with that I think will help you get on your journey faster. And I think you can bring some value to them as well. So we'll talk soon. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for joining the tribe today. We would love to hear from you. Please don't forget to rate, like, and share. Perhaps someone you know could benefit from what we've discussed. Until the next time, remember that your dreams should be real.